You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Pulpit mic, then. Not sure what's going on there. All right, let's see here. Keep your Bibles open. Philippians chapter number four. Look with me at verse number 10. Philippians 4, and we got a little bit of an echo, bring some of that pulpit maybe down a little bit. All right, Philippians 4, verse number 10. The Bible says, But I rejoice greatly, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. We're continuing our study, our Bible study for the, the uh, Sunday nights, uh, and it's entitled Identity Crisis. And we looked the first week talking about the church and the identity crisis with the mission. Then we started, we looked at uh, mankind and identity crisis uh, of who we are uh, and God has identified who we are and the crisis comes when we don't want to identify how God wants us to identify and so uh, that was the second week tonight we are going to look at one and I think the title of it might uh, uh, make you a little confused uh, I had to alliterate uh, but uh, uh, tonight, so we went to mission and then we went to mankind. Tonight it is media and marketing. Media and marketing. And it all has to do with contentment. Contentment. We live in a world where everything is in front of us all the time. Contentment is not something that many people possess. There's always something new. There's always an upgrade. There is, we, we changed and uh, we had to add some new uh, equipment for the school and change some of the uh, some of the TVs that we were using, and those, those had a newer technology than the other items that we had hooked to them before. And so uh, we have spent the last week just trying to pull together different things that would, would work with those, taking the old technology uh, that we had and newer technology and trying to make things work. And people, uh, as I was talking, uh, it was, well, this is this level of uh, of Mark or this level of something and you have to have this next one and uh, and it was just every time I turn around it's like you gotta you gotta upgrade to something new but you know that's how we are in life we have been programmed that way we live in a world where everything is at our fingertips either things that we need or things that we want 
Things that we didn't even know that we wanted are there so we can then want them. Thank you, Amazon. And, but with that, it has, it has created an environment for people to not be content with what we have. When I was in Bible college, Brother Hiles used to tell us, don't go to the mall and go window shopping. And I thought, why? I'm not buying anything. But he was saying, you're going to go and you're going to see something that you want. And experience had taught, taught him that college students would go and see something that they wanted and then buy something that they wanted and then drop out of school because they didn't have money for school. And it was just a vicious cycle. Paul here is a prisoner in Rome. He's a prisoner. And he is writing to the believers in Philippi. And what's amazing, you would think that Paul would be seeking encouragement from the believers that were free. And here Paul is writing to help increase their joy. The one who should be the one needing the encouragement is writing to tell the Philippians how to have joy. Not just how to have joy, but to increase their joy. And as you look at the book of Philippians, the first chapter all has to do with increasing joy. And, and so joy is something that we all want, but joy isn't something that we all have, uh, but it's also something that we don't always grab the right ingredients that's going to create that joy. And so in our text, I want you to look back at Philippians 4.4, 4, and I am watching the clock. Uh, and so Philippians chapter 4, look at verse number 4. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let's, let's say that together. You ready? Let's read that together. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Paul is telling them to rejoice. That means to re, again, joy, Rejoy, joy again. He said, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You and I are to be continually rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoying in the Lord. Rejoying in what God has done for us. Uh, the blessings he has given to us. We need to be praising him for that. Uh, and sometimes we put things into our lives uh, to cause us joy, but they don't bring us joy. They bring us stress. They bring us injury. They bring pressure into our life. And so this area of media and marketing comes down to this thing called contentment. Contentment. So Philippians 4, let's go back to verse number 10. Philippians 4.10 but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. 
I know how both, uh, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can, all, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so we're going to look at this area of contentment tonight. Father, I pray that you'd help us in these next few moments just to uh, glean some truths, Lord, that will help us in our journey. Uh, Lord, I love these people and I want to help them. Uh, Lord, I know you love them and you have given us your word uh, to teach us, to instruct us, guide us, direct us. And so I pray that we would all be helped tonight. Uh, and may we truly uh, have this area of contentment and may joy be uh, the result of that. And so help us now, please, for Christ's sake we pray. Amen. Contentment. First of all, I want you to see contentment is learned. Contentment is learned. You are not content just because you are saved. Content is a learned behavior. Paul said, for I have learned. And, you know, with that, it is, it is important for us to recognize there are a lot of good things that we need to know and a lot of good things that we need to do, but we have to, we have to recognize that we need to be the pupil. We need to put ourselves in the position to be teachable. And we have got, if we're not teachable, then we're not going to learn. If we feel like we've got it all figured out, we're not learning anything else. We need to have a heart that is, that is teachable. And Paul here, if anybody had a right to be, uh, if anybody had the ability, he had the knowledge, he had the experience, uh, he was somebody that could walk around and say, you know what, uh, I don't need you. He was, he was a, a very successful individual. He was a very knowledgeable individual. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He was the one of the uh, the uh, instructors that uh, uh, of the teachings uh, that was so highly revered. Uh, and Paul was somebody that he had all of his ducks in a row. Uh, and yet he said, I had to learn this thing called contentment. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. There was a process and there was progress. It has to be learned. And in our life, I wish it was just something that we could learn once. Have you ever had need of a vehicle? And when you finally decided, okay, we're, I'm going to buy a vehicle, everywhere you look, you see cars. Uh, Miss Brown and I, uh, she needed a replacement on her van. And so uh, we, we finally decided we were going to buy her a van. And so once we started looking for a van, it was like they're everywhere. I didn't find them everywhere in my price range, but I found them everywhere. When I went to buy a truck, uh, it was the same way. I'd go and I'd look and all of a sudden there are trucks everywhere. And my mind, when I was looking for a truck... Uh, I mean, my eye was picking up trucks everywhere. Why? It was sort of, it was something in my, uh, in my vision at that point that I was going to do. Uh, and, you know, when I started looking for the trucks, it was like, my goodness, I'm not buying a house. 
I'm just wondering by a vehicle is going to get me from point A to point B. Uh, and the price of them were unbelievable. Uh, and so uh, I, had to, I had to figure out where we were going to be based on this thing called a budget. Amen? All right, budget. I think you've heard that word once or twice. Uh, but, uh, you know, when we, when we figure that out, we do have to find that we are content. You know, when I bought my truck, I was as happy as could be about it until I, until I saw Brother Tracy's. <laughs> and you know what? It, it's just amazing what was great one day is not quite, quite as great the next day. It, it is a state of mind. It is, it is, first of all, it is a learn. Contentment is learned. Number two, contentment is a state of mind. It is a choice of mind. You can choose to be contented or you can choose to just want everything. Brother Hiles used to tell us, there's two ways to be content. Get all you want or want all you have. The reality is you can never get all you want. But we can want all we have. And once we start wanting what we have, we can be content. But if we don't want what we have and we want what somebody else has, now all of a sudden there's this condition of discontentment in our heart. And if we are not content, then that discontentment, it is going to impact so many areas of our life. Discontentment with finances, it can cause you to leave a job that God gave you because you think you want something different. And the job that God gave you was one where you could serve him. How many times do I see people take promotions or take another job and they were faithfully serving the Lord and then all of a sudden now they're not? Why? It was all about money. But what happens when we're not content? And I'm, money's not bad. Promotions aren't bad. Brother Tracy, you should give everybody a raise. <laughs> uh, you know, no, the, all of those things, uh, those, are, those are great. But the reality is we have to, we have to be content. Are we content? Uh, it is a state of mind. Go to verse number eight. Paul is talking about contentment. Right before he talks about contentment, he is talking about our state of thinking, the state of mind. Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, God never tells us to think about things that we don't have. He never tells us to think about a new car. He never tells us to think about a new minivan. He never tells us to think about all the things that we all of a sudden just have to have. Now, there are things in life that we need. But we don't have to have everything. You know, parents, our kids don't need to have everything. 
If we give them everything now, what are they going to work for later? If they can get everything for nothing, why do they have to work? We're seeing that in our, in our society. All this free money and giving things away and uh, it is, it's coming back. And we're, we're seeing how people do not have personal responsibility. They, they weren't taught. And so uh, contentment, it's a state of mind. Uh, so Paul, who was in prison, he said, I, he said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul was content even though he is in prison. I don't know that I'm there with Paul. If I was in that cell next to Paul, I'm not quite sure that I would be having that same spirit. But Paul was content. It was learned. Contentment. Uh, it is learned. Contentment. It is a state of mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know what? We can control our thoughts. We can control them. And if it's not a good thought, get rid of it. It's a choice. It's a decision. And those are things that we need to do. So Paul, talking about our thoughts, he said, think about what's true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of good report and virtuous and praiseworthy. You think on these things. And you know what? When our thoughts are consumed with those things, we're not thinking about all the things that we don't have. We're not thinking about what we wish we had. Or being envious or jealous because of what somebody else has. Brother Tracy. No, we, we, need, we need to, uh, to guard our minds. So going to this media and marketing. Uh, I want you to just, just think along some of these things with me. Because this area uh, is feeding into uh, our discontentment. Earlier generations did not did not deal with Facebook and Instagram. There was no such thing as searching the web for Amazon. Amazon, there was one thing with Amazon, but then when it went Amazon Prime, oh my goodness, the whole world changed. But what, but what is it? Everything is out there, it's visible. The marketing and the media can feed discontentment. They can feed discontentment in your marriage. Now look at me for a second, you couples. Don't get on Facebook and start seeing where everybody else is traveling to. You know what? You're going to see this post. You know, we don't, nobody posts their everyday issues. You know what they're posting? They're posting vacation. They're posting promotions. They're posting new house. They're, they're posting the highlights of what's going on in their world. And when you look at Facebook, you're seeing many, many, many people and their highlights and all of a sudden you feel like 
everybody else has a great life and I'm stuck. Hello? It's not real. It's not that they don't have something nice but, and the blessings are there and there's nothing wrong with that. But the reality is you can't look at somebody else's, all of their highlights and then try to compare that to your normal life. It will, it will feed into this area of discontentment. It will feed into an area where, well, we can't, we can't have any fun. We don't have any fun. Or we could go on vacation if we didn't tithe. We could, we could do some of those fun things if we didn't put our kids in the Christian school. Come on. And all of a sudden, this media, this marketing, it starts getting in your heart. And all of a sudden, you start changing direction based on what somebody posted on Facebook. Now, how foolish is that? Come on now. But it impacts us. We can't look at all those things. And I'm not saying you can't be on Facebook. You'd probably be better off if you weren't. But you can't look at all of this stuff. You can't look at Amazon. You can't, you can't watch people that like these. What is, what is that TV infomercial? What, is that what that's called? Infomercials? Where it's just gadget after gadget after gadget after gadget. My mom got sucked into that for a little while. I mean, people that don't have a whole lot, that they're stuck. You know what? Know what happens? Oh, yeah, that's nice. I need that. Buy it. Oh, that's neat. Buy it. Oh, I need one of those. I didn't know that I needed one of those. Buy it. It's sort of like going shopping when you're hungry. You go shopping when you're hungry, and oh man, everything's going in. Deb won't take me shopping. Not that I want to go. But when we go shopping, man, all kinds of extra stuff ends up in the cart. And it's sort of like a game. And she's trying to keep an eye on the cart, but I'm sly. And we'll get up to the checkout, and she's like, Oreo cookies, what are you... What's going on here? Uh, and things are in the, in the cart. Uh, but media and marketing, uh, Facebook, uh, the virtual friends. Don't get too caught up in things that are virtual. Am I saying that they're not friends? No, I'm not saying that. But we, we have to be careful. We, we can give too many people the opportunity to speak into our life. I don't know how many times people say, well, you know, Pastor, I'm just getting counsel. You know, the multitude of counselors is not the contemporaries. 
And a multitude of counselors is not having a multitude of people on every decision. A cabinet of counselors is you have people that you want to get counsel from in an area. Maybe there's somebody that uh, needs some, some help with their finances. And maybe, maybe it's Brother Franklin, or maybe it's Brother Tracy, or uh, maybe it's uh, Miss, Miss Terry. Maybe there's some people that you look at and say, okay, these people here, I know that they have financial wisdom. I'm going to talk to them and, and get counsel in, wis, uh, in that area. Maybe there's somebody else that uh, in maybe a career, leadership, uh, maybe talk to a Brother Dustin. You talk to uh, somebody else. Uh, uh, maybe you have small children. Man, talk to one of the ladies that have reared their children. Don't go, to, don't go to everybody else that has kids younger than you. The multitude of counselors find a cabinet of counselors. But, but uh, Facebook and that virtual, that virtual friends and virtual reality. Uh, and and there, there can be a tool to, it can be a tool to connect, but it also can be a tool uh, to discourage and to destroy. And that's not what you want. People can share many love, uh, wonderful things in their lives with, with the marketing or with the, uh, the media, uh, the new births and the family fun and promotions and, uh, and wonderful things. Uh, but, but be careful on what you get sucked into. You know, someone would love to have your job. One day, you would have loved to have your job. You couldn't wait to get there. Somebody else would love to have it. Don't you think it's about time for you to love it? We become discontented. We become disenchanted. Someone would love to have your job. They'd love to have your house. He said, well, pastor, I don't have a house. I, I have an apartment. Somebody would love to have your apartment. They would love to have that apartment. Somebody would love to have your room. Somebody would have, love to have your clothes. You know the ones that we're not content with? Somebody would love to have those. Somebody would love to have your possessions. Somebody would love to have your truck. <laughs> I don't know why you became a point tonight, but... Uh, uh, anyway, uh, but you know, we, we, have to, we have to recognize that we can be content, but we have to change how we think. And if it's, if it's all about what I don't have, we are not going to have joy. You see, our joy is tied to our contentment. And if we don't learn how to think, then we're not going to rejoice and if we're not going to rejoice, we're not going to be content. So, so we've got to change uh, how we, how we uh, look at things. Media and marketing, it makes us discontent with what we have. Uh, and now we feel like we have to get something different, even at the expense of breaking biblical principles. And none of us are exempt. None of us are exempt. 
Don't get sucked into all the drama on Facebook. You know, I said, I said people don't post their everyday stuff. Some people actually do. Uh, and what's even worse, some people actually read it. You know, we, if we are going to be light, we better be careful what gets posted. Hello? And not only do we need to be careful on what we post, we also need to be careful on what we read. And we also have to be careful on who we choose to be friends with. You know, if somebody's posting stuff that is against our faith, why would we like it? But it happens. Why, why would we even want to engage in that? You see, media and marketing, we get sucked into the media. We get sucked into that whole Facebook and all of that. And pretty soon now, uh, we, are, we are in the middle of some of these battles that we don't belong in. Uh, you know, contentment is something that the Lord wants us to have. Our circumstances has nothing to do with contentment. Let me remind you, Paul was in prison. He was in prison, but he was content. You know, our, our identity needs to be in Christ. We just need to have our identity in Christ. It's not how many Facebook followers we have. It's, it's not in uh, how, much, how much possessions we have. It's not in how far we climb up a, a, a ladder. We've got to be careful. Our identity needs to be in Christ. Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And so contentment, something that we all need. But it all comes back to our thinking it comes back to whether or not we are joying and our joy and rejoin helps us think properly. Then our choice of thoughts, our casting out thoughts, it will set us up to be content. Deb and I, we have, we have driven, uh, we had to get some work done on one of the vehicles and it was in the shop and, uh, we were over at, by the dealership and looking at some of those trucks. You know what? I could have one of those trucks if I wanted it. But it would have to ch I would have to change how I live. And I don't want that. You know, we, we have to we have to look at our life, be honest enough. We can set ourselves up for success or we can set ourselves up with failure. Well, Andy, what, what year is your Jeep? A 1960 Jeep. How's the air conditioning work in it? 
Works great. Which window? <laughs> both windows. Sometimes both windows. All right. Uh, you know, we, we are, we feel like we have to have the best of everything. And we just have to realize that, you know, God provides. God's good to us. We need to learn how to be content. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us and uh, just practical information tonight. But I pray that it would be a help to our people. Help us, Lord, to be able to have that joy. Help us to rejoy, rejoice. Uh, Lord, you have been so good to us. But we can get caught up in all the things of this world that uh, we lose sight of it. And so I pray that you'd help us tonight. Just speak to hearts. Uh, work in each and every life. Christ if you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.